Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I got some pretty pictures here. The uh, Camelback Mountain, oh, if you're watching on uh, Peacock. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, let's add to the scenery. Let's bring in Albert Breer, <laughs> the senior NFL Lovely. reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. He's just known as the Monday Morning Quarterback, in my opinion. Kind enough to join us. Always... I, don't know, I don't know what scenery you're adding to. Can I put you on? Yeah, if you want to. Okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting you asked about Travis Kelsey. I asked Chad Henney about that because I, I had um, you can you know, pull that microphone yeah. a bit closer to. I had seen on Twitter like you see over and over again like, hey, you might want to cover eighty seven, right? So I, I like after like the divisional game, I I asked Chad Henney, I'm like, so like what is it? Like how, how come no one can get? Like, obviously, he'd be the number one priority for any defense. Yeah, and Chad Henney says because he was a high school quarterback. And Travis, Travis Kelsey was a high school quarterback, and Chad said he sees the field like a quarterback. So he sees the field the same way Mahomes does. So he knows how to set up coverage. He knows how to set a defender up. He knows how to use their leverage against them. Yeah. It's because he played quarterback in high school. He sees the field differently than a lot of other skill players. Yeah, so there you go. He's one of those guys, though, that you're right. I don't know if there's a true definition of why is he so great, but you know that kind of puts it into perspective yeah. of, a football player seeing it and plus I always wondered about that if you were a defensive back or a wide receiver and you played quarterback in high yep. school how does that help you see the field and uh, you know that certainly pertains to Travis Kelsey yep. all right a lot to get to uh, anything come out of media night that uh, the audience should be aware of no <laughs> okay fair enough thanks I mean, for joining us Albert Breer everybody I, appreciate I mean that. honestly though like that's not really for us right like, no that's it's not, not. I mean, I like, look, I, I think one thing that is noticeable is the amount, like, is the infrastructure of both teams, right? Like, and you see, okay, like, there is Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, future head coaches on the Eagles staff. And then you look at the Chiefs staff and their established coordinators and Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo. And then you see further down the line guys like Brian Johnson and Kevin Petulo, who probably ha are on a head coach trajectory. So I think one thing you saw. Like the depth of the rosters, the depth of the coaching staffs, the depth of the scouting staffs, like it really is two organizations that really have a lot of things working. When Nick Sirianni took over and had that initial press conference, we goofed on him. Yep. Um, I could now all of a sudden he's found his voice. He's found out yeah. who he is here. What's the what led him to this point? What's I his... think it's I actually think like looking back at it now. I had a similar experience with Nick. Like, the first time I got him on the phone, I didn't know him at all. And this was when he was the Colts offensive coordinator. And it was like a 10-minute phone call where it was like pulling teeth talking to him. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like I couldn't get anything out of him. It was awkward. It was weird. And then, you know, I, I got to actually meet him in person, and it was totally different. And I think, like, one of the things, like, what you see, like, with, and what we all saw in that first press conference is actually part of his greatest strength. He's comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. Doesn't care what other people think about him. And I, I've said this to, to a lot of different people. Like, he might be the most normal guy among the 32 NFL head coaches. And I think then you look at his staff, and they're all guys who are in the same age range. And they all have kids who are the same age. And then the atmosphere that creates in the building, where everybody's sort of all in, and everybody's sort of on the same page. And I just... 
I think he's found a way to create an environment that is <laughs> remarkable. It sounds weird. Remarkably normal. And I think the players, because of that, like coming to work every day. So you have, and I've had people there say this to me, like the weight room is full at 6 a.m. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that, like where no one ever sees it, but it's, again, kind of about like an organization all pulling in one direction. I think a huge part of that is Nick's own personality and that people rally around him because he's a normal guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's yeah. just... You know, I, I think the worst thing you can be as a head coach is somebody who's trying to be somebody else or tr somebody who's trying to project, you know. Nick is unapologetically himself, and obviously it's worked. You got some coaching vacancies. Yeah. I didn't know if they're vacant because you have coaches in the Super Bowl who they might be considering. Right. But let's start here in Arizona. Yep. Why is this job still open? I, <laughs> I've had a couple of people say to me that maybe the owner likes the fact that people are talking about his team during Super Bowl week. So that was one theory that this has been wow. dragged out this way, like because it's part of it is. Is that, this a positive thing that you don't have a head coach? Well, that that, that people are talking about the Cardinals, you know. So like I mean, any publicity is good publicity. I, I mean, guess guess the old Jerry Jones thing, right? Like you know, three minutes on ESPN, three minutes on ESPN. But right? does this come down to who wants to coach Kyler Murray? I, I don't think it's so much that. Like, I do think part of it is that they, they hired a general. They wanted to hire their general manager first, and so they hired Monty Austin for it. This is also the first time they've sort of gone outside of their family to do an entirely new, like, setup, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so if you look at it, you go back to Mike Bidwell got the team from his dad or control, like, 07, 08. So when they were hiring, you know, Wizenhunt, well, they'd already had a sitting general manager in Rod Graves. Then they hired, the, they fired those two guys. They promote Steve Kime. Steve Kime hires Bruce Arians. And then when they fire, or when Bruce Arians walks away, Kime hires Wilkes, then Kime hires Kingsbury. They've never really done this before. And so, like, I think that that's a part of it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, like a huge piece of it was sort of figuring out what they want. And so, um, you know, I think that the, the, the fact that this is dragged out a little bit does open up the possibility, though, and I know a lot of people around the league think that is the potential there that if they're dragging this out, so if it doesn't work with, they're talking to Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator today, they were supposed to talk to Brian Flores tomorrow, Flores backed out because he took the Vikings D.C. job, and then Lou Anarumo, the Bengals D.C. on Friday, are they dragging this out? So if they're not enamored with Kafka today or Anarumo, on Friday that now they can talk to the Eagles coordinators on Monday. And uh, they missed the window to talk to the Eagles coordinators the first time around, which meant they weren't allowed to talk to them during the Eagles bye week. So they have to wait till Monday if they want to talk to Jonathan Gannon or Shane Steichen. I put J.J. Watt in an uncomfortable spot yesterday. I did, yeah, ask, I him, I did ask him <laughs> about <laughs> Kyler Murray. Um, he kept asking me what I thought of Kyler Murray, and I, I just I don't know what the, the sense, the feeling is. I, I said to J.J. Watt, I said, look, Kyler Murray had it so easy in high school, and, yep. you know, he goes to Oklahoma and had it easy there, you know, in that offense there. Yep. Uh, played baseball. I mean, everything came to him naturally. Yep. But, but, you know, playing quarterback in the NFL is not, hey, I got the most ability. Patrick Mahomes has unbelievable ability, but he's, he's a leader. Right. And puts in the time. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, what do you hear about Kyler Murray? I... <sighs> Like I think that the if you're if if he's the guy that like you're looking to like he hasn't been the guy to set the tone for the rest of the organization and that's been problematic for them. Yeah. And so, like if you want your quarterback to be sort of the head of the snake, right? Like and the guy who is going to put natural peer pressure on everybody else to work their ass off and to be the first one in the building and to set the tone for the entire organization, he hasn't been that. And it really goes back to who he is. And I actually think it relates to his baseball background. Like the huge, the big knock on him coming out of Oklahoma was, well, he's a baseball player. So he's sort of an independent contractor. And like he wasn't part of spring practice in college as a quarterback, which is different because of baseball. And so like it's always been for Kyler Murray. It's not that he doesn't work hard. It's that like a lot of his work is directed differently than it is for other quarterbacks. So he's not around as much and he's not going to be the guy who's pulling everybody in the same direction. Now in his defense, like he did get the guys together in Texas in the off season, that sort of thing. But when your quarterback isn't showing up for half the off season program, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Because now, well, 
are there a bunch of other third and fourth and fifth year players who are going to see that as license? Hey, I'm going to stay in Florida in, in April and May, and I'm going to show up June 1st. And how does that sort of flow into the summer when you're starting training camp? And then he's probably not going to start the season. Right. Because, right. The, because, know, of, his, because of his ACL. Yeah. And so how much of his ACL recovery is going to be done here? Mm-hmm. Like, and how all in is he going to be with the new coach? And I think that's part of like the equation when you're looking at it, Dan, like I, if you're, if you have, if you, if you're Mike Kafka or you're, you have one shot at being a head coach, right? See, because most, most guys don't get a second shot and you can have one shot at being a head coach. Like, what do you have, two or three years? The contract dictates that it's going to be really hard to walk away from Kyler Murray for that period. Yeah. So that's part of the equation coming here is that it's you almost have to find a way to make it work with Kyler, which is sort of what Sean Payton's facing in Denver with Russell Wilson, too. Uh, Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, joining us. Uh, Tom Brady said yesterday mm-hmm. that he's going to take the year off. Yeah. Um, do you think he does TV? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that he's going to – I mean – I will say that I think if he does do TV, he's going to, I think he'll go all in and try to be really good at it. Um, I'm not convinced that he does it Um, just because I do think that I hate to say it's beneath him, (laughs) 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 but, but, but it doesn't, it sort of feel like, like, can you guys see him like standing in the buffet line with the rest of us at halftime, <laughs> 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 waiting in line to take a pee? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Any, any, anybody got kale? Can I get some kale around here? Some avocados? Like, like it really wasn't. It was never hard for me to wrap my head around the idea of Tony Romo doing that. Right? It's not even hard to like wrap your head around the idea of Troy doing that. You know what I mean? Like. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around the idea of Tom Brady standing in that line yeah. waiting for a hot dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I do think, like, you got to look at the Mannings and what they're doing, or you have to look larger than that, like Elway got into ownership. Yeah. It feels like Tom is more of the guy who greets you in his suite, and he's the owner and or, you know, yeah. part of an ownership group. I mean, like, is it Magic Johnson? Is that his future? You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like... To satisfy his competitive like that, because I think that's what I think one of the big reasons, one of the things that most people miss about him. I think one of the things that kind of kept him going was the fear of losing that outlet, the competitive outlet, because he is such a maniac when it comes to competition. And like, I don't think it was ever searching for a fairy tale ending or getting back at people in New England and proving people. I think for him, it was like a like a, an addiction almost to competition. And I do think like going and being part of an ownership group and getting into team building might satisfy that to a degree. Would television satisfy that? If he goes to the games, right? then you prepare for both teams. You're right. preparing for both defenses. And that, I think, would get those competitive juices flowing. Yeah. It's, it's what Drew Brees missed out on. Right. He was in the studio. And there's no magic in the studio. You've got to create magic. The game creates yeah. magic, and therefore you go out there, then you feed off that excitement. Right. And therefore I think that would work with Brady. But I'm just shocked that he's not doing anything for Fox this week. And I thought send a camera crew to Tampa and just say, Tom, I want you to prepare for both of these defenses, right. and I want you to talk about both of these quarterbacks. So I got you know him in the film room breaking things down. Doesn't have to be out here. Doesn't have to be on the set, right. but you can kind of bring him into the Fox family. And it'd be a great dry run for him yeah. to see what it's like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's, an, it's relatively, it's not heavy lifting. You know, and you for him. get a couple of takes. You're going to make sure he looks great. You could stop it and say, all right, let's try it again. Yeah. You're not live TV. Nobody's going to be judging you. We talked about this before. It still feels like if you wanted somebody to be themselves, because you always hear Hey, just be yourself. Troy Aikman said to Tom, his advice, hey, just be yourself. The one guy who could be himself as an analyst who's not employed as an analyst is who? Who could? Jay Cutler. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Cutler, like. Uh, he doesn't care, right? I, I honestly thought, I felt this way all along. Like, I think Cutler, like, he had the deal to do it, right? Like, yeah. he had the deal with Fox, and then Tannehill tears up his knee, and Adam Gase gets him to come to Miami for $10 bucks. I, like, I think Jay Cutler would have been the guy who is, A, he's intelligent, and B, he doesn't give a crap what <laughs> anyone thinks. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he's not looking. He wouldn't be in the booth looking down like, 
oh, well, I got beers with the right guard out there like three weeks ago, so I can't say anything. But no, like he wouldn't care. You know, so, um, yeah, I think Cutler would have been really, really I, I good I just at think it. it'd be hard because Tom spent his entire life not criticizing or saying anything. Right. And now you're going to say, Tom, be yourself. Go out there and critique. Yeah. You know, be honest. I just don't see, you know, him wanting to do well, that. And I but, just, yeah, I just don't know where, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I also, like, sort of look at him and how many different ways is he compromised you know what i mean like it's like with everything because he's been so image conscious for his entire nfl career and part of it is like you know like i think he looks at like okay like i'm invested with this person i'm in, and he's incredibly loyal is he compromised you know what i mean like mm -hmm. where it's just he can criticize this person but then i can't criticize that and that can be really really tricky you know did you hear belichick on his podcast yeah, it was a love fest, he right? He was gushing. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard Belichick talk about Lawrence Taylor? Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, like, oh. yes. So, he really loves Lawrence I, Taylor. I, I, I had to, like, I, I can remember um, talking to Drew Bledsoe about this, right? So, you know, Drew obviously had a really ugly exit from New England, and it was tough, and it was something that it took years for him to reckon with, right? And um, Drew told me, he's like, so he, I think it was when he went back for the Patriot Hall of Fame induction, he hadn't seen Belichick since. And um, and so, you know, so he goes back to Foxborough, and he, and, and he still gets, got along great with Robert Kraft. Like, it was Kraft's first quarterback, everything like that. He knew that would be great and everything. But he was actually, like, Drew Bledsoe, a former NFL quarterback, was nervous about going back and seeing Bill. And uh, and Drew told me, like, you know, so he walks in, and they have a stadium practice the weekend of the, uh, for season ticket holders, the, the weekend of the, uh, of the, of the um, ceremony. And Drew walks out on the field, and Bill comes walking over to him, and gives him a hug, and looks like warm as like can be. And Drew said he was like sat there silent for like two minutes, like what the hell is this? But I, but I think that's part of it is like when you like Bill is so good at compartmentalizing. So you're either in his professional life, and I've heard this from so many people. You're either in his professional life or you're in his personal life, and once guys retire they get moved like they're like cat like from one category to the next and i'm sure that's what it is is like I as long as, likes... as as long as thomas in the nfl he's part of bill's professional life now yeah. it's just part of bill's personal life. yeah i think he likes you uncomfortable when you play for him or you're not quite sure um lamar jackson's playing for who next year i think the ravens but i'm less sure of it than i was a year ago um if not the ravens you want to say the Dolphins because there's so many natural reasons for it. I, 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 I believe the Dolphins when they say, like, they want to give it another run with Tua. I think the problem that the Dolphins run into is that fifth-year option. They've got to make a decision on yeah. the fifth-year option. There's the concussion issue. Now, that's a 25 to $30 million decision, and if you pick up his option, those are fully guaranteed now. You're locking yourself into Tua for 2024. If you don't pick it up, now you're in a year-to-year -year proposition with your you're in a year-to-year -year situation with your quarterback. So does that make you view it differently? And if the opportunity to trade for a Lamar Jackson comes along, do you look at it and say, "Well, this might make some more sense for us," yeah. you know? Uh, so I, I, I think the issue is like how you bridge the gap, if like between like so the the Ravens are willing to give him a top of the market traditional quarterback deal. Lamar wants a Deshaun Watson deal. So, like, how do you kind of, like, how, how, do you, how do you bridge the two? And they've been unable to do it. And I think Lamar, like, you can understand why the Ravens would be hesitant. You can also sort of understand Lamar's point of view, where it's like, I put my body on the line for five years for you, and now you're asking me for injury protection three years from now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you were Lamar, seriously, though, like, you at, like, look what you put me, like, you have put an unprecedented amount of stress on my body as a quarterback. Never has a quarterback been deployed that way ever, right? Run that much ever, yeah. right? And I did that for five years for you. And now you're asking me to sign a contract that's going to protect you three years from now. So if, all, if I have to pay the price for all of this, you aren't going to have to pay that price with me. I don't think this is about the money for Lamar. I think this is principle. Like, I felt that way because like, he thinks about these things differently. If it was about money, he would have just taken the deal. 
That's a lot of, you know, if this was just a financial decision, he finished the last two years injured, just take the contract. Get your $150 million guaranteed, guaranteed and be done with it, you know? Yeah. I think for, for Lamar, like, I really believe this about him. Like, he's always done things differently, and I do think this is about principle for him. He's Albert Breer, the Monday Morning Quarterback. Thank you for all your contributions the entire season. Yeah, absolutely. We, we love we'll what you're going on. in the offseason. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Albert Breer, the Monday Morning Quarterback. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Our following guest is one of the great quarterbacks in Notre Dame history. He's also one of the quarterbacks in Browns history. His hair is better than yours, every one of you. His abs have abs. Having him and Tom Brady both at Fox might put them over the handsomeness cap. Two minutes before this interview, he was doing a party pump in the green room. Everybody suck in your gut, and please welcome Brady Quinn. Yeah, that's an introduction right there. Yeah, Brady Quinn is in the house. Also part of uh, the uh, big noon kickoff with uh, Fox Sports and two pros and a cup of Joe, the radio show right before us. And uh, Brady Quinn is in the house. How was that intro there? Uh, th that was unique. That was one of the first. Okay. Uh, I think anytime you're mentioned in the same context as Tom Brady, it's, it's usually a good thing. Okay. Although I haven't posed in my boxers recently, so I, I'm, not, I'm not going to at any point. I saw that. Where Did Tom lose a bet where he had to pose in his boxers? I mean, that's one way of looking at it. I mean, he, he is single. Yeah, but it feels like he's trying to move product here. Like you, it, it you have feel, a bet. It did feel like it, it was kind of a dual purpose there, right? Okay. Like maybe it's it's moving product, a little catchy, right? Create some waves, but at the same time, it's like, hey, I, I still look pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there a rift between you and Brady now that you know he's coming to Fox? Uh, no, okay. no. I, I've, I've, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in an era where I idolized him in in high school and kind of those formative years playing quarterback. And then I get to Notre Dame, and at that point in time, when I went to play for Ty Willingham, 
you know, you're, you're paying attention to his career, but you're not watching it as closely when you get his former offensive coordinator to be my head coach, Charlie Weiss. And so for the next two years of my life, I really I watched more film on him than I did myself in practice because I was trying to mimic everything that he was doing and how he ran the offense in New England and how Charlie wanted the offense run in Notre Dame. So uh, I've always had the utmost respect for him, the way he's managed himself, his career, and and probably just because I'm, I'm like one of those meatheads who loved working out. He His sacrifice in the offseason and what he did when no one else was watching and how he prepared his body to be able to play until he's 45, I, I think that's one of the things that stands out the most. Like we can talk about accolades and – his poise and, and composure and, and you know certain points in Super Bowls, but it's the sacrifice that he was willing to make that no one else was willing to make over the course of their entire lifespan playing in the NFL. But there have been so many more talented quarterbacks, but arm strength, speed, everything. But why Tom Brady? I don't think you can measure what's inside him, right? Whether it's his heart, whether that's that chip on his shoulder. You know, I, I kind of related it to. Um, you know, seen the Jordan documentary, which everyone watched, obviously, over the course of the pandemic. And then and you remember some of the stories like, oh, the flu game and all this other stuff. And you're like, wait a second. He was just making this all up to motivate himself. And it's like somewhere in the back of Tom Brady's mind, he remembers that he was still a six-round pick. And he was the second pick, if I'm not mistaken, in the New England Patriots in that draft. And I think he would carry it with him wherever he went. I think he'd carry it with him that people would say what you just said, that he's not the most talented or he's not this or he's not that. And meanwhile, it still has allowed him to be the most successful and, and the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Do you think he was addicted to football? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool, too. You know, I, I, was, I, got, I got three little girls, and I'm, like, praying and waiting for the moment where they start to be, like, addicted to a sport and something that's, like, healthy and awesome for them that they can learn from. And uh, I think my oldest daughter, Sloan, starting to get there now with soccer. Like, they, they lost the other day. They hadn't lost in seven games. They were 7-1. They're crushing. So an all-girls team playing against a bunch of boys' teams and all that. And so they're doing great. But they lost. And she looked at me. She's like, Dad, I want to go home and practice. And I was like, that's awesome. And, it, and, she, and she kept wanting to practice and practice. And finally, I was like, okay, so I, I want to go inside and do something else. So. But you don't think it could be detrimental? That Brady, Brady well, couldn't he couldn't walk away from it. No, and and I think we've publicly seen some of the sacrifices that he's had to make, and that's just that's a choice that we all have to make though with our own lives, right? I mean, we all make. But choices how common how do you think go. this is? Oh, incredibly uncommon. I mean, again, it, it goes back to the sacrifice he made in the offseason, prepare his body and all that, and the sacrifices that he made personally, and even professionally to some degree too, with I think how he even manages his own brand. Whereas now, he, I mean, he is the brand, right? It's the Brady brand. He's got his name on it, and he's got a posing boxers and <laughs> without any clothes on. And also, know. you know, people say, well, Tom, you know, he'll be an announcer. Troy says, just be yourself. And it's not that easy. And, and Albert Breer from the Monday Morning Quarterback said, you know, Tom has maybe compromised himself because he is friends with people. Is he going to be critical of those people? How honest can you be? You know, when you make that transition where now all of a sudden they go, you got an opinion on somebody. Yeah. And then that person hears what your opinion is. And then you're like, well, I, uh, I'm sorry. I, oh, I was I was already getting it this year. I mean, Jets fans obviously were saying some stuff about it. And I'd been there for half a season. And I had a buddy of the Giants who was giving me some flack about it, which is funny because, I mean, I, I root for all those guys. You know, people who you've been around that work in the industry, you root for them. But at the same time. People are obviously asking you for, for betting advice. It's part of your job as an analyst now. That's become so much more part of what we're asked to do. And, and you have to be real with what you think is going to happen. Now, you're not going to be right, but you know that's part of the job, part of what comes with it. I think it's harder for oh, – I'll put it this way. If anyone can be critical – Pretty sure it's Tom Brady. Like I, I'm pretty sure he can be. But I don't the one. know if it's in he. Well, it might not be in him, and it might not be who he is. But I, I guess what's what's easier for him is to be like, well, I'm the greatest of all time. So if I say that like this guy should have done this, I think most people are gonna be like, oh yeah, it's Tom Brady. Like if it's Brady Quinn saying it, they're like, that guy didn't make it. Like what, he's a joke. Get out of here. You know. So so it's like two completely different spectrums. Like it's harder for me to be critical. I think in part because like I know how hard it is. And now he he knows how hard it is too, but the difference is like there's certain things that came pretty easy to Tom Brady. So when he sees bad football, he's probably going to acknowledge bad football. I came in a couple of uh, Mondays after watching Mahomes play on Saturday, and you know Texas Tech wasn't a, a great football team, and they were always in a, in a shootout because it was Big Twelve yeah. football. I didn't know if he could play in the NFL at a high level. I just thought it was fascinating to watch somebody 
play the position. And, and plus, it's Texas Tech quarterbacks. So right. you're thinking, all right, everybody puts up big numbers. Right. But he had this innate ability to almost have a calmness and a he freelanced, it felt like, back there. He was yeah. running a pro offense or, or his offense when he was at Texas Tech. But I didn't know that would translate to this. What did you think? And there were a lot of doubters about him that maybe he was a gunslinger and trying to be Brett Favre-like. Yeah, I always go back to the the matchup between um, Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes there in Lubbock. We got to call that matchup, and and Joe Davis was doing play-by-play. And at one point, we looked at each other in the booth. We're like, we're going to have to change our flights. Like Everyone kept scoring back and forth so much. We're like, we're never going to go home at, at this point. Um, but it was one of those moments where I kind of I thought to myself, what's going to happen is people are going to overlook in their evaluation the fact that um, he's doing things that he's literally carrying this team. Their defense was was very bad during the course of time he was there at Texas Tech, and people are going to knock him and say, oh, he wasn't a winner. That's like, can we just pump the brakes on that and then look what he was dealing with every single game when you have to put up 40, 50 points in order to win? Uh, it was a heavy burden to carry, and I think what people sometimes overlook is they're like, well, you can't play like that in the NFL. Well, yeah, you can if you have his skill set and you, if you have the right situation and circumstance, which he does in Kansas City. You know, playmakers, uh, one of the greatest head coaches of all time, and Andy Reid, who can put him in those positions to succeed. Um, and but so, if he went to the Bears, it'd be a much more difficult climb. Like, I mean, I, I think you can make that case with any quarterback. We we opened up talking about Tom Brady. If he's not with Bill Belichick to start, how does his career look different? Um, and I think that's where you know we we praise quarterbacks so much for what they do. But it's still the ultimate team sport, and the, and the coaches that are involved in the front office, everyone who makes it possible, they, they still play a much bigger role than I think anyone on the outside realizes. How do you explain, you know, they're, they're, the draft is loaded with these players, but especially a quarterback where you go, that guy made it and that guy didn't. Yeah. Jalen Hurts lost his job. Now he's a, maybe we thought he was just going to be a, a backup or a curiosity. And yeah. then all of a sudden, First playoff game didn't look that good, and now here he is, and uh, you know an MVP candidate. It just goes back to what's on the inside. You know, I think Jalen Hurts is the type of young man that, from his time at Alabama to Oklahoma to Philly, every single year he's continued to get better and better and grow from that. I, I think one of the tough things is when everyone's doubting you is to keep your confidence in yourself and your abilities. And there's some guys who are better doing that than others. And I think Jalen's an example of someone who's done a much better job of believing in himself believing in what he's capable of, but also finding that right situation and circumstance. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. What, 17 players are either starters or Pro Bowl alternates in the Pro Bowl or whatever the heck that is nowadays. <laughs> um, but it goes to show you how talented this team is. And so when you're on a talented team like that, you're not pressed to do quite the same things that Joe Burrow was asked to do when he first got to Cincy, and then as they've built out around him, I mean, his job's gotten a little easier. There's still a lot of heavy carrying there, though. Can the Eagles win a shootout? Yeah, I think so. I think they can. And because I, th- I think they're, to me, I, I look at it two ways. I don't know that it's going to be a shootout because I think they're so dominant on both sides of the ball. You know, when you look at the depth they have defensively, obviously everyone's going to talk about the pressure and sacks, but they've also improved in the rush defense. I and mean, there's some miss- missed tackles, and you can see that in the NFC Championship game. But um, when they brought in Linval Joseph and Indomitian and Sue, they started to shore up some of that. And those guys are experienced guys who've been there before. So you like the Eagles? I'm, I, you know what this game feels like? This game feels similar to, and I know the dynamics are different on offense for the Chiefs, where their offensive line was banged up when they faced Tampa. But you saw Patrick Mahomes running around for his, his life. And the Chiefs are much improved on their offensive line in this matchup. But Mahomes is still hampered with the ankle. I don't know how close he'll be to 100%. You know, he moved around pretty well despite that in the AFC Championship game. But that's my concern, is you've got a group, uh, a defensive front, that I don't think you can you can't give too much help to to one side or another, and I think they match up pretty well to in the secondary, so that affords Jonathan Gannon the opportunity to either get pressure with four or bring pressure from time to time, and that's where if Mahomes isn't as mobile, he could be getting a, a lot of hits on him with that with that front. I just think they're that dominant the way they they play this year. Talking to Brady Quinn from uh, Fox Sports, also the big noon kickoff on Fox. Then you have Zach Wilson. And he was the one guy I thought if there's a bust, it was going to be him because he was a one-year starter. And I don't even know if he was scheduled to start, you know, his final year in college. But he goes to the Jets, and, you know, there's that 
I don't know what you bring in when you're that, you know, picked high. Like, do you have to walk in as I'm, hey, I'm the guy? Yeah. Or do you have to walk in and say, you know, how do we become successful? It almost felt like it was an I versus we when he got there. But how do you explain somebody who had that talent but is probably going to be a backup, uh, you know, in the near future? I always said this just in evaluating him in that draft class in particular. Because of the COVID year, their schedule has changed. They played basically a group of five schedule. And, Probably his most difficult game that final year was the Coastal Carolina game. They were a good team that year. We all got to see, um, you know, that group and Grayson McCall and all those all those players. But they brought more pressure on him. He struggled. And when you go back through the previous years watching him play, I, I never really saw a player that was ready to be interjected to start playing right now. And when you're drafted number two overall, that's what the team's telling you is you're going to play your rookie year. You're probably going to play right away, or at least you should. So I think anyone who was a Jets fan or even anyone in the front office who thought he was going to come in right away and be able to showcase his arm talent or some of his mobility and, and that skill set, um, they had to have all the pieces around them. The rookie year, they didn't have it. Now they've continued to build on that roster, I think, when the offensive line is healthy, when Brees Hall's healthy, with Garrett Wilson, a wide receiver, and the rest of the, the wide receiving core. That's a very talented roster. Now it's just a matter of you know him being to the spot where he can manage all of that and operate their system. The issue is you're now on a different offensive coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett, you know, jumps in that spot. I personally, you know, and I said, I just look, I didn't have him as high ranked as other people did for that draft class, but I also hated the way Robert Sala handled it this year. You know, if you're going to, you need to find out what you have in him. You need to let him work through that adversity. You made the draft pick, so own up to it. And even though if you're worried about losing the locker room, that's on Zach to figure out. That's not on you. You know, you got to play him. You got to, you got to, you know, force him to go through those growing pains, pains, and, and see if he can't come out on the other, you know, other side stronger and better from it. And then that way, you have a much better idea of where he's at. You know, I think this year with the way they handled the situation, I think it's more of a question mark than it would have been had they just let him play through the season. At least after two years, we would have said, okay, we, we kind of know where we're at now with him. Yeah, it reminds me of the Yankees when they had Jabba Chamberlain. Whenever he got into trouble, they'd pull him out of a game, and he never got to pitch out of adversity. And that's where you find out who you are and what you're all about is, hey, I mean, Tom Brady's down 28 to three. If he didn't have moments before that, he'd get to 28 to three and go, oh, I'm going to get embarrassed here. They're going to call me overrated. Like he was like, no, one play at a time, one touchdown, you know, all of those things that your coaches, you know, teach you. We're talking to Brady Quinn. These quarterbacks coming out now, you do so much homework on uh, college football. The one guy that can't miss at the quarterbacking position is. In this year's Yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, we're know it all years after yeah, the fact. Thanks. You know, I told thanks. you, Zach Wilson. Well, and and you know, we're not I, taping this, I, so don't even worry about <laughs> whatever you say, Brady. I, I would say this, um, based on watching his tape and knowing everything about him, it's, 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 to me it's Bryce Young. Now everyone's going to question you about his, his size, his height, his weight, all that. Is he durable enough? Will he be durable enough? I, I, I can't answer that. I mean, the team that he gets drafted to and how they protect him and how they put things around him, that'll probably more you know, define what happens the rest of the way. But um, he is such a unique talent in the way he's able to navigate the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, shape throws but throw awkwardly too i mean just the way he's able to put ball the ball in spots whether it's it's short intermediate downfield and he's got enough arm strength you know he's he's not as strong as will levis he's not as strong as anthony richardson uh, but he's the one that if i was a team drafting i would take him number one overall i I, even before he started i was enamored just watching this first spring game and and then and watching him play and how he plays the game he just has he kind of has a steph curry feel to him where you look at him, and if you focus too much on the fact he's not, you know, the biggest, you know, most athletic guy, you're going to miss some of the special skill that he has. Well, I think Anthony Richard. We we love potential. Oh yeah. And Anthony, oh, I, I had a scout tell me early in the year he's like Ben Roethlisberger, and I go, okay, no, he's way more dynamic. Is he than ben. Dante Culpepper? He's more dynamic than Dante. Um, I would say. Is he? He's first. First 15 picks? His, his top-end talent, he's got the highest ceiling of anyone. I mean, that, that young man, when you put on the tape and you see him play well, you just go, ooh, if he could just put this together consistently, that's something special. I mean, even at times, like the Tennessee game in particular, you see times when he kind of navigates the pocket with his feet, snaps his feet around, makes an accurate throw. Is he Kaepernick? <laughs> no, because I think his motion is more refined and more fluid. Kaepernick seemed raw. It seemed like he had his baseball background, and you could see that in his throwing motion and his mechanics. Are you in love? 
Um, I, I'm, I'm not going that. I, I'd say I'm more in love with Bryce Young. Like I, I, I gush over Bryce Young at times. You know, oh, he okay. just he. I, I, I texted Liner this. I think it was earlier this year, and I just said to him, I go, like I enjoy watching Bryce Young play. Like there's just something about the way he plays the game. With Richardson, you can just see the potential, and you can see what he can become. But we all get caught up in this whole, hey, who's the next Josh Allen? <laughs> and, and that's all. Like, there's only one Josh Allen. Now, there's a Will Levis. There's Anthony Richardson, guys who've showcased the ability where you see that top end. But at times, you also see the floor, and you're like, all right, well, the NFL is about, like, trying to limit how much you play at your floor, but then seeing how close you can get to playing at that ceiling as much as you can within your skill set. And so both Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, I think, are first-round talents if you base it on their upside. But at times you're going to watch their tape and go, all right, I can see why if they slid, that's probably why. Teams are concerned concerned about the lack of ability to develop them because no one develops quarterbacks now and um, obviously not having the right situation to allow them to succeed. It's great to see you. Uh, we're here at the baseball stadium here. I didn't know. Which makes complete sense, right? We're here at the Super Bowl, <laughs> and you guys are at a baseball stadium. Yeah. Well, the football field was taken. Can, now, can you name a football player that's played in this stadium for the San Francisco Giants? A football player. Huh. This should be a layup, by the way. A football player who played in this stadium. No. No, no one's there. Uh, let's think about anyone? it. Anyone? 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 Oh, Seaton. Uh, man, I don't know why Russell Wilson popped into my head, but maybe he had like Kyler Murray. Well, uh, you, okay. How does I say from his college days? Oh, you tell us, Jeff Smarja. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, nice. oh yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Notre Dame. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's just... Can you spell Samarja? Oh, man. Um, I think I was asked to do this in college one time. So it's S-A-M-A-R. This is where it gets tough. So it's like, it's like D-I-J-Z-A or something like that. How far off? Not bad. S M. S A M A R D Z D Z I J A. There you go. Makes yeah. us two up. Jeff, Jeff is two Fs. Oh yeah, and it's not G off. It's no. Jeff. Yeah. Well, um, are you guys having a debate about one or two Fs on the Jeff here? No, no. I, no I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't know any Jeffs with one F with a J. Is that a thing? No, no, it's just uh, okay. G-E-O-F-F. We don't All like right. people wearing names. All right, we'll take a break. If you're watching on Peacock, Brady is going to uh, show us his uh, arm strength there. Oh, I thought I was doing the golf stuff. Well, you can do that too, oh, but okay. you can. we want to see if you can throw it from right field to the infield. Oh, God, okay. Can you do that? I'll try. I might throw my arm out. I haven't thrown a ball in, I don't know, it's been a while. There's a hospital right across the street in case. Perfect. <laughs> you know what? You guys could take me in the Sprinter van. Oh, okay. I like with, with some of the Traeger, the barbecue we're getting. Uh, uh, and we can go by the Charo Lodge, too, while, while we're at it. Uh, Brian Cranston's going to join us top of the hour. We'll come back here on the Dan Patrick Show after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. 
but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I haven't I mean, even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Adam Lefko, NBA on TNT, also Bleacher Report host and Eagles fan. Adam is hosting NBA on TNT tonight. Suns Nets 730 Eastern, followed by Thunder Lakers 10 Eastern. The doubleheader is on TNT. Always good to see uh, Adam joining us on the program. As an NBA fan, what does LeBron breaking the all-time scoring record mean to you? It means that I'm going to have Shaq lean over and go, hey, now that he's past Kareem. Is he number one all time? I think it's another feather in the cap, another accomplishment of the is LeBron the greatest player of all time discussion. I think for me, I, 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 I went back and I was reading Howard Beck's article about the night in which Kareem broke it. And Chick Hearn said, no one will ever beat this. You have to be healthy for 15 years in a row. You can't miss a game. It's never going to happen and that's how I feel about LeBron's record right now. Kareem went on to score, I think, like 7,000 more points once he broke Wilt's record. So you know LeBron's going to add just as much. Um, it feels like an unbeatable record, but I could imagine somebody, like one of these young kids, sleeping in like a hyperbaric chamber for his entire career, <laughs> never eating a tomato, and then playing 30 years. So it feels like an unbreakable record. It, it feels like a, a just coronation. Everyone will be there. And I hope we get to see history tonight. But if Ernie and those guys are on the call Thursday, I'll be just as excited. But it feels like that we have two different lanes on the highway when we talk about greatness in basketball. There is the career versus the player. LeBron, greatest career. Michael, greatest player. Does that mm. seem like that's uh, how we, we kind of break? I know Bill Russell, but Bill Russell's in a different category there. Greatest team player in sports history. Yeah. But, but it feels like we look at it, greatest Greatest player, Michael Jordan. Greatest career, LeBron James. Can you have both? I agree with you. I, I'm actually, I've become so frustrated with the conversation because it always feels like you're diminishing one yeah. person's accomplishments. Um, on the other side of that, I really like the way that you set that up. And I also think that people, they, their facial reactions show what they care about when they discuss those two players. When they discuss LeBron, it's this. And they bring up numbers, most assists, points, and it's like that. With Michael Jordan, they shake their head, and it's almost like this guy killed people. Like this guy was a he was a monster. Like it's 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 a boogeyman. And with LeBron, it's it, it's look at all the information. With Jordan, it's so visceral. Uh, 
And, and I'm wondering, I keep saying this, that the prop bet I want is that he breaks the record with a sky hook. But I haven't seen the prop bet that's on the other. You can bet two-point field goal, three-point, or a free throw, and I would like to bet a sky hook by LeBron. You want those? On one of the sports books, because I am a, a degenerate gambler, mm. there was a layup, dunk, jump shot, or other, yeah. and I would have, I would pound other. Now, my question <laughs> for you, Dan, is: Let's say he's at, he's at. Let's say it happens tonight, right? Let's say he's at thirty-four, which means we're late in the game, and let's say it's close with the Thunder on TNT, and he goes baseline, just like Kareem did at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, and he loads up, and he puts up the hook and he misses it can he go back to the hook shot again no 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 or no okay no it's a one and done you you pay tribute to kareem okay who does he thank first after the game or the moment when it when they stop the game if i was a sports book i would put god at the best favorite i would say i would have thanked god okay um and then i <sighs> You think he'd do Kareem second, or you think he'd do his mom, Gloria? I would I would hope that he would acknowledge Kareem. Now, would I don't know if people Snoop would go. thank himself? <laughs> well, Carmelo did that at the ESPYs. He thanked himself for being great. But, I I mean, he might, LeBron might go JC, but then, you know, do you do Kareem after that, and then you thank your family and teammates and friends, those kind of things? I'm still fascinated at the remember when uh, Nate Robinson had to do a dunk 17 times in the dunk contest. If like the Lakers are winning, but LeBron keeps shooting hook shots and then they <laughs> lose the lead tonight, that would be incredible. Uh, your reaction, who got the better end of the Kyrie Mavs deal with the Nets? I think when you look at who they usually say, whoever gets the best player wins the deal. Um, as someone that was watching the Ben Simmons deal to James Harden, I remember being flabbergasted watching the media talk about how the, the Nets got Ben Simmons and how he's such a, he's not a, a, a team cancer like James Harden was. And we saw what happened there. The fact that the Nets got value back for Kyrie Irving, when he has seemingly been so unreliable for so many different franchises in the middle of the year when he demanded a trade and they got it done within days to get back a really good defender in, in Dorian Finney-Smith, a fourth best player on, on a good team in, in Spencer Dinwiddie, a future first round pick unprotected. I just, there are some guys where I go, who's gonna take a flyer on this guy? Like who's really gonna give up assets? And they found a team. So I, I think Kyrie and Luca is going to be a, a fun to watch. You know, I remember coming on your show when the Nets beat the Celtics and they were putting up 140 points a game in that playoff series. And you and I talked about how is this the greatest offense we've ever seen? It's going to be fun to watch. I don't think it's sustainable. I wouldn't bet on it. And, and so with all that being said, it all comes down to whether they keep Kevin Durant. Well, you know, you're starting to hear, does KD want out now? And is Boston back in the picture that, you know, maybe you bring in Jalen Brown and you start to rebuild this franchise? And Joe Tsai, the uh, owner of the Nets, says, let me just be done with it. The experiment didn't work. Yeah, that's fine. But do you really think that that the the 38 and 16 first place Boston Celtics are like, you know what we need to do? Blow it up. <laughs> well, you're not blowing blow it, up, it up. But if you can get Kevin Durant... And you can have him with Jason Tatum. You can you can try to you know you're going to trade. They're going to Jalen Brown's not going to be with them. Like he's not going to sign his extension. It feels like he's going to want out to be get out to be his own team, have his own team. Mm. You think so? Yeah, I get Is that. Is that like a, a rumor? No, I don't know. It just uh, did you just make that up? <laughs> probably so. <laughs> I get the feeling. Jalen Brown doesn't want to be there. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Question mark? No. I just wonder. Does Jalen Brown want to have his own team? And I, I'm going to guess after a while, you know, you're going to want your own team. But if I could get Time Kevin Durant. Dan, all we ever hear is you can't win with just one star. You got to find a way to get two together. And now suddenly Jalen's like, I think I want to go about this on my own. I, I you're getting Kevin Jason Durant. No Kevin way. Durant is the other star. You're getting that other star. I I want 
So I think one thing that is really showcasing. And by the way, right I don't know if Durant wants out. I don't know, but I I got to believe that he's you know got to think about that. I I totally agree. Okay. I just want there to be a new – I need a new media organization. Maybe it's like a Dan Patrick, like part of your network. Hmm. I want somebody to track all of these inside reporters with all their <laughs> scoops, and I want to start figuring out who is getting info from who. Yeah. Because what happens is is we're the ones that get played, the hosts. Yes. Because we're up there and we're going, a lot of rumors right now about <laughs> Jalen Brown maybe going to the Nets. And then we look dumb because – the, the the Nets are leaking information about Jalen Brown to, to lift up the trade value. I, I'm seeing Russell Westbrook to Utah. I just I need someone to figure out who knows who because we're all getting played right now, and I, I can't agree. take it anymore. I agree. But you know what it is? This, is? this is what the new media is. It's wishful reporting. And... You know, you don't you don't have to have any accountability once it. Hey, it didn't happen. Well, you know, I was hearing, but it didn't happen. Uh, if you said, hey, if you miss on this, it cost you ten thousand dollars. Your employees taking away ten thousand. Like if we if we do a tote board where we say, all right, how many did you get? Like Shefty got nine in a row. All right, you get ninety thousand dollars. You you whiff on one, it's going to cost you. So you have a big tote board yes. with uh, insiders, so-called insiders. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. We we remember the big misses, you know, when people report things and it really doesn't go right. Yeah. Uh, I remember a few years ago when Antonio Brown was going to the Buffalo Bills for all of like one night. <laughs> that was fun. Um, but no, I yeah, incentivize the actions you want to see. And I it's look, the rumors are fun, but it also is crippling. And it's there's so much going on. I do think it's fascinating that the NFL has tried to steal everything that the NBA does well this year. Everything. They put a game on Martin Luther King Day. They put games on Christmas Day, which was like an NBA thing. And now, in the most important week of the NFL season, the lead up to the Super Bowl, media week, LeBron is going to pass Kareem and the trade deadlines on Thursday. And you know all those NFL players are being asked about LeBron. I just think it's sweet sweet vengeance for the NBA this week. He's Adam Lefko, NBA on TNT, and uh, he'll be uh, on uh, on call tonight, double duty. Suns at the Nets, and uh, followed by the Thunder and the Lakers. Any other rumors that you're hearing out there? Before Are the Lakers going to do anything before the trade deadline, Adam? The, the Tim McMahon report that I saw about sending Westbrook and the two first-round picks possibly to Utah for Conley and Beasley. I think what's interesting from the Lakers' perspective, I heard Windhorse talking about it, is they can make a move this year. But if you make, if you trade Westbrook, you lose all of that salary cap that's going to become available. And so the question is, is do you think this Lakers team in a wide-open West where we just learned that Stephen Curry is going to be out for a month, mm. do you think that this is the year to go for it? Or do you let Westbrook walk in free agency, you get all that money back, and then you go after Kyrie? It reminds me of the Carmelo situation with the Knicks and the when the Heatles combined, where because Carmelo forced the trade, he prevented himself from joining those guys in yeah. New York. <laughs> so the question is, do the Lakers go for it this year, or do they have some patience? Well, I think they tried to go for it. And, and to be honest, if they could have made that move with Kyrie – and not moved Westbrook. If you have Anthony Davis, LeBron, Westbrook, and Kyrie, you got everybody's attention there. And and I think they Pretty were. Spicy. I think they were trying to go for it there. And I didn't know if they would because it felt like they were saying to LeBron, "Well, you got us in this mess. You get us out of this mess." And he he didn't get Kyrie to go there. But I I think if you could have kept those four together, you know, now you got there. That that's a matchup that'll be hell come playoff time. But. I don't know if they do I anything. Do it, Plus, the most amazing thing you just mentioned, that Mike Conley is still playing basketball. Incredible. Incredible. Is he like, like 40? He's up there. And I'll tell you what, if you watch him on a nightly basis, he looks at sometimes. He does. <laughs> but he's got that veteran poise, that veteran of course, presence. Of course, that's what you need come playoff time. Uh, yeah. How old is Mike Conley? I got Mike Conley Jr. at 35 years old. 
Oh, okay. Well, how old's Mike Conley Sr.? Maybe right. that's who I've been watching. 80. Okay. Uh, how nervous are you? Phenomenal is it... dunker, Mike Conley Sr. Phenomenal. Uh, well, he was a, a triple jumper. Yeah. Yeah, Olympic triple jumper, I believe. Uh, the uh, Eagle fan in you, how nervous are you with this matchup coming up on Sunday? So I'm flying out. I'm doing reverse media. You all leave before the game, and you get home in your warm beds. I'm flying out there for the game. I just bought tickets off of an unnamed Philadelphia Eagles player, uh, so I'm hoping they're good. Uh, I'm also hoping he didn't scam me because that would really ruin the Super Bowl for me. Uh, heading out there, I th- uh, this is very weird. I actually think the city of Philadelphia right now, I'm a little bit nervous. I was there in 2017, 2018, and there was the sheer nerves of what if we lose again? Our entire lives, all we've done is lose, and there was fear, and we were going up against Brady. I'm sensing a little bit of confidence right now. Like, we're favorites in this game, and that is really frightening me. I will say from a personal perspective, a little bit of a humble brag, but also it's just the truth. I'm really good friends with Kelsey and Mahomes, and so and Andy Reid was our coach. If we were to lose to anybody, I'm glad that it bolsters up their, like, greatness and their Hall of Fame uh, resumes, but I really don't want to hear it from them. I do not need to hear, oh, but remember that time I beat you in the Super Bowl? That will be, I'll have to live with that the rest of my life, Dan. How about the name dropping by uh, Adam Lefko there? Legendary. Wow. First class. That's pretty good. Yeah. Man. Did, uh, did I tell you that I handed out the Super Bowl trophy uh, to the Eagles at time? Did you, you know, I was, was that, up on the podium. Uh, was that when televisions were in black and white? Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was there with Nick Foles, Douglas. Oh, Doug, they won. Oh, wow. Yeah, I looked Douglas up. Peterson, yeah. you know, up, I was up there with him. Kevin Hart trying to Google it. Or when Brady won, you know, or when Eli won, or when Ben, i just dropping some names. Can I ask you a, a can you, I ask you a piece of advice? You just did. So, if LeBron passes Kareem tonight, yes. are you one of those broadcasters Uh-oh. that you have a line in the chamber that you want to hit to honor a big moment, or do you just let it flow? I'd let it flow. I just So are you saying that if I was doing play-by-play or you as a studio host tonight? Let me do one better. I believe that I'm going to be doing the awards for, like, the dunk contest this year. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And I've never given out an award. Word okay. ever yeah, okay. so I like I don't know if I'm going to be on the PA or whatever. What is the key to that? Because I I want to say something clever, but I also want to get out of the way. I would be careful about doing that because people don't remember that you do it; they only remember when you screw it up. So that's all. Mm. You know, I I I handed out the trophy what five times, but nobody mentions that I you know did it. Because I didn't make mistakes when I was up there. It was just get on, and you know, commissioner, head coach, uh, MVP, quarterback, and maybe somebody else, and then you throw it back up. Uh, make sure that you have, you know, the sound is correct because you don't want to hear your echo, and then all of a sudden you're you're a mess. What, Paulie? Or the Danettes think, Adam, make it all about you and do like two or three <laughs> minutes before you give the award up. No, it's your stage, no, big guy. No, no, don't listen to those guys. Don't listen to them. Be clean, be crisp, but your personality will come through. Okay? Aaron Gordon, truly an incredible dunk. It reminds me of my performance <laughs> at my bar mitzvah at Shirami Synagogue back when I was 13 years yes. old. Nice. That's One good. second, That's Aaron. Gonna go- I delivered the Avia Hafta. <laughs> that is going to go over really well. Yeah. that. I mean, you have some people tuning out because of that, but, uh, you know, go get them. You're absolutely right, though, Dan. It's like we – Broadcasters are a little bit like offensive linemen. If you if people are talking about us, it really means we messed up. Here's my advice to you as I say goodbye. Take the Lahayam road, and I don't think you can go wrong, okay? Beautiful. To good, life. Good good yantif, much nachis, and good luck to your eagles. I you really knew that? You mensch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to find out that Dan Patrick changed his name from, like, Dan Goldstein back in the day, and this is going to I am 1% Jewish. And maybe I rounded up, but I'm 1%. According to 23andMe, I am a little over 1%. And I'm going to use it in any place I can. Religion? Huh? 
Well, it's the, it's the part of religion? the part of the the uh, country where uh, I have relatives. Boca Raton. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Adam. Enjoy your time. Have out fun there, tonight. Have fun tonight. See Adam Lesko. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.